You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Let's see here. Ms. Brown and I, when we were on vacation, we went to a little church in Oakhurst, California, just south of, uh, of Yosemite, and uh, just a sweet group of people and thankful for, for church. You know, no matter where we are, uh, when God's people assemble, there's what a blessing. You be able to you can you can walk into a church you've never been to before, and there is a kinship. And why is that? It's because we have the same heavenly Father. We have the same Savior, and so I'm thankful for that. And so uh, it was just a blessing to be able to be there uh, with that group of believers. All right, Revelations chapter number thirteen, and we're gonna I'm gonna read verses thirteen. Uh, verses 1 through 4, and just follow along here with me uh, for time's sake. Uh, Revelation chapter 13, 1 through 4. The Bible says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as of a mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast." And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? Now, these, there are two beasts that we're going to look at here in this chapter tonight, uh, chapter 13, and they re- represent the worst rulers in history. You know, when we think about, we think about uh, historically, when we think about some terrible rulers, uh, there are many that can come to mind. And we think about, of course, Hitler and Stalin, and you go through history and you can, you can start naming off uh, some very, uh, very tragic uh, events of history uh, with, with uh, rulers that were uh, vicious. We think in biblical history, we think of Nebuchadnezzar and all of the destruction. Uh, much of the Old Testament revolves around that 70-year period of what we call the Babylonian captivity. And, and you think about uh, all the destruction that was there. Now, when we sum all of them up, n- none of them will line up with these two rulers. Now, these, these rulers, they are called beasts, and we will, we will identify them tonight. But as we identify them, these are not animals. Uh, these are individuals who are symbolized as animals, and they are beasts because of their cruelty. And when we, we look at who they are, there isn't anybody that will line up with their cruelty. As, as evil as men of history have been, none will line up uh, to the, the cruelty of these here. And so tonight I'm going to speak to you on the subject, the two beasts. 
And so Revelation 13, uh, let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you would enlighten us tonight. May we not only learn some things about what your word has told us. God, you said, blessed are they which read the book uh, and uh, this book. And so uh, we know there's blessings tied to uh, the book of Revelation. Uh, but Lord, I do pray that we would not only get information, but help us, Lord, to find tra- practical truth that we can apply in our life personally, uh, day in and day out. So help us now, please, for Christ's sake we pray. Amen. All right, so here we look at the, we're going to look at these two beasts tonight. Uh, and with this, when we think about chapter 12, uh, we, witnessed, uh, we witnessed the uh, dragon, uh, Satan, was cast out of heaven. All right, and so here in chapter 13, now we find the wrath. He was cast out of heaven, and now he is down to the earth. And with that now, uh, we find the wrath that is coming. Now, we are in the tribulation period. Uh, the first 42 weeks have passed. Uh, now we are in the second uh, 42 weeks, or uh, uh, that uh, those three and a half years. And so uh, that second half, which is called Great Tribulation. So the tribulation period is all called tribulation, but the second half of the tribulation period is called Great Tribulation. That is the part that we are in tonight. Now, I'm thankful that the Lord has not appointed us unto wrath. If you're his child, you are not going to be here at this point. Uh, I'm looking forward to the rapture. The Lord's coming back. Uh, and with his second, or with, his, with the rapture, uh, he's going to take us out of here. And so uh, we, we are going to be caught up together with him in the air. And I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, and so uh, as, as we are with the Lord in heaven, uh, there will have the marriage feast of the Lamb that's going on in heaven. Uh, but then down here on earth, we'll have that great tribulation period. And then the Lord is going to come back uh, and take care of Satan. And I'm looking forward to that day uh, when uh, the, the evil one is cast into hell uh, and he gets what is coming to him. Uh, but, but here we, we saw how Satan was kicked out of heaven. Go ahead and go back to chapter 12, verse number 17, Revelation 12, 17. The Bible says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandment of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Christ. Uh, And so uh, Satan, uh, the old serpent, the dragon, uh, he is at war with God and he is at war with God's people. And so it is going to get worse, uh, but I'm thankful that uh, we are not going to be the ones that are in that tribulation period. But we do know that persecution is coming to us. Bible says, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And if you are living for the Lord, if you are light, you will suffer persecution. Hold your place in Revelation 13 there. Go to 1 Peter chapter number 4. There's a couple, couple books back there. 1 Peter chapter number 4. 
All right, screen up. Uh, Brother David, we have that back there? No? Okay. All right, so 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12. And we'll read down to verse number 16. The Bible says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which, what's that next word? Is. Which is. So, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. Don't look at it as though some, this is something odd or strange. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf." tribulation is going to come. Persecution is going to come. Now we should not face any judgment because of evil doing. That is not where uh, judgment should be coming against us. Uh, we, we as believers should be standing for the Lord in an evil and dark day. And with that, we will find ourselves being persecuted. Uh, I remember going to, when I was in college, uh, they all, the mechanics that I worked with, they all called me preacher. And you say, well, you're a preacher. Uh, well, it wasn't used in a good way. It was always negative. They, uh, they would tell a story and it was, pre hey, preacher, let me tell you a story. Or uh, there was something that, that happened and they would, they would throw, maybe something terrible would happen in the world. Yeah, preacher, what about your God? There was always some negative connotation. Uh, and, you know, we are going to face persecution. We are going to face trouble. If, if we never face any persecution... I wonder how, how much of a light we are. You know, there's something about just living the, the life of, of what we are endeavoring to be holy. None of us are holy. We, we, are, we fight this old sin nature. But in our, in, in our endeavoring to be holy, the Lord said, be holy for I, the Lord thy God, am holy. And as we are endeavoring to be godly, godlike, then, then people will not like that light. Why? Because light reveals darkness. It, it shows all the dirt. And you know what? When, when you are doing right, you don't have to say anything about somebody else's sin. It's not that, you, that, that uh, you have to go around condemning people. Just a holy life brings condemnation. And, but the reality is that light, though people might not like it, they know who to talk to when they have a need. When a problem comes in their life, they will know who to go ask because there's something different about us. Uh, and that's how it ought to be here. So we should not suffer as an evildoer, but we should be willing to suffer as a Christian. We should be willing to take some reproach for Christ 
After all, what has he taken for us? He took the cross for us. Uh, he suffered uh, our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What a blessing. Uh, and we should be willing to, to suffer for him. But here, Satan, uh, let's look at uh, uh, the first beast, uh, the satanic beast here. Uh, and uh, verse number one, Revelation 13, one. Uh, and I stood upon the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and 10 horns and upon his horns, Ten crowns, and upon his head, uh, heads the name of blasphemy. So there's a phrase here, the phrase that is uh, that is come up out of this, or rise up out of the sea, that is referring to the Gentile nations rising up out of the sea. Uh, hold your place here. Skip over to Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17, and look with me at verse number 15. Revelation 17, 15. All right. Uh, Revelation 17, 15. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. This is, this is in context talking about the Gentile nations. So here these waters, when it's talking about the beast is rising up out of the waters, he is referring to that this beast is rising up out of uh, the Gentile nations. So the satanic beast uh, is coming and he will come of the Gentiles. All right. So we know the identity uh, of this satanic beast. He is going to be of uh, the Gentiles. All right. So this satanic beast is referring to the Antichrist. All right. So here, uh, the, this, this beast, this first beast, this is uh, the Antichrist. Okay. Uh, so the second beast is going to come up out of the earth. Now, uh, when we get to uh, that part of the passage, we will see that uh, the, the false prophet, who is the second beast, so here I just told you the, uh, the two points here. We have satanic beast, and uh, then we have the support beast. Uh, satanic beast is antichrist. The support beast is the false prophet. The false prophet is from Israel. The, the problem that Israel has is that Israel has rejected the Messiah. They have rejected Christ as God. They have rejected him uh, as being the promised one. Now, of course, we know that is not every uh, Jew. That's not all of Israel. The apostle Paul, uh, we look at the apostles. Uh, there are many uh, people who have put their faith in Christ. But when we think about Israel as a whole, the nation of Israel has been set aside. Why? Because they have rejected the Messiah and God has turned to the Gentiles. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? And he turned to the Gentile nations until the fullness of time become, until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Uh, that means that until that time where God is done dealing with the, nation, uh, the, G the Gentile nations, uh, that is when the rapture is going to take place. At that point, now God's focus is going to move back to the nation of Israel. The tribulation period is called the time 
of Jacob's trouble. And we'll get to all of that. Uh, and that has uh, uh, so many t- things in Revelation, just tying things together here. Uh, but Revelation, we see that uh, this satanic beast, uh, the Antichrist, he's going to come up out of the uh, water uh, and out of the sea, and he, that is going to be Antichrist. Verse number two, it says, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth out of the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And you say, Pastor, what, what does it mean about the bear and the lion and the claw and the paw? Uh, what did all of that symbolize? I don't know any more than you do. And I have, I have studied it out. And, and I know pastors who have uh, historically, who have said what each one of these have, have done, and then you give them 20 years and they say, well, none of that was right. Uh, and so uh, if, if the Lord was, was uh, quiet on it, I'm going to stay quiet on it. Uh, but what we do know is with this, uh, we see some things about this beast. He had seven heads. Uh, and uh, with that, recognizing the, the power that he had. Uh, with these seven heads, there was blasphemy. Uh, there were 10 horns uh, on these seven heads. And on those horns were crowns. All of these things are symbolizing power. They're all symbolizing power. And the blasphemy, the word blasphemy uh, is literally a word that translates profanity. Uh, it, It means blasphemous or profane language expressing disrespect for God or for something sacred. You know what? It's not just the beast that is blasphemous. There's a lot of blasphemous things that are stated uh, in this world. Things that uh, are, have disrespect for God or disrespect for something sacred. Uh, You know, for the believer, there is nothing secular. Everything to the believer is sacred. Your your vocation is not secular. You say, well, I don't work for the church. Uh, You work for God. Every one of us, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And there is nothing secular for the believer. God should be the central focus of every part of our life. Whether or not we are going to work and you're turning wrenches, whether you're cleaning a house, whether you are uh, running a Fortune 500 club, if you are, you're not tithing. Uh, And so, uh, but whatever that job is, whatever that vocation uh, is, uh, the, the reality is we are are, we are to be giving all of it to God. God should be the central focus in our life. Uh, I was taught that, uh, that God is sort of like a wagon wheel and life has many spokes and there are many responsibilities that all of us have, but God is that hub and everything has to come back to that hub. Everything has to come uh, out of that central part of our life. And the Lord needs to be uh, the center. So here uh, we see that this Antichrist, uh, verse two, it says here, and the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard and his feet uh, were as the feet of a bear and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat 
and great authority. So this beast here is empowered by the dragon. Chapter 12 tells us that the dragon is the serpent. It is Satan. He is the dragon. And so the dragon, Satan is the one that is giving uh, the beast, the Antichrist, his power. All right, so the dragon gave him his power, uh, the satanic beast, the satanic empowered individual, the Antichrist. He has power, uh, he has a seat, he has a position. It's an elevated position with great authority. And this power was given to him uh, uh, by uh, Satan, and he is Antichrist, the Antichrist, and he is anti-Christ. He is against Christ. Now, Bible, from the Lord's time, there were many antichrists in the world. But this isn't just one who is antichrist. This is the antichrist. This is the one who is going to have the incarnation, the empowerment of Satan uh, in uh, this world. And so we see the great power that's there. Uh, with that, we see a wound, uh, verse number three. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. Miracles were used to be able to get influence for Antichrist. The Satan's power is unbelievable. You know, the Bible says that, that we should not marvel that he has, can transform himself into an angel of light. You know, the devil, the devil is not, he is not just an enemy he is not all-powerful as God is all-powerful, but he has great power. And, and this spiritual power that he does have, a power of healing, is going to be used to, to lead people astray. Just, just think about all of the, the people that are led astray by faith healers. And you wonder... How can somebody follow that? I mean, do I believe that God can heal? Absolutely. Do, I, do we believe that he can heal? Yes, and he does. But it's not a show. And it's not for millions and millions of dollars. It's for God's glory. I mean, I just wonder why these faith healers only do it on TV. Why aren't they going down to the burn center? Why aren't they going down to the children's hospital? Why, 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 why is it tied to an offering? You know, but people are deceived. And miracles, though there are some miracles. But let me tell you, the devil can bring forth miracles as well. And he is in the deceiving, he is in the deceiving uh, industry. He is, uh, the, he is a deceiver. He is a liar. 
And so uh, we see the wound, we see this supernatural power uh, that is used to gain influence and to get people to follow. Look at verse number four. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Uh, and so uh, worship was brought there. Worship, uh, and it says, and they worshiped who? The dragon. All right, so the dragon was the one that gave the beast power. So here, what is it? This was all about worship. Satan wants to steal God's worship. You know, we need to be very quick to, uh, to give God glory. We shouldn't, we shouldn't steal any of it. If, if you, have, you have been used to accomplish something that was, was a blessing, was good, uh, give God the glory for it. Because it's not about us. Uh, anything that we do, should, we should be bringing glory to God. The devil is stealing worship. Uh, he, the dragon here is the Antichrist. The purpose of this Antichrist was to bring glory to him, to bring worship uh, to him. So when they worship the dragon, verse 4, which give power unto the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? Now, they're worshiping the dragon because the dragon, dragon gave power to the beast, and now they're saying, who can, who can have war with this beast? The power that he has. Uh, so, it, but it was all referring back to worship, and Satan desires worship. Uh, take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter number four. Hold your Bible in Revelation, because we're coming back. We are not getting done with tonight's message. All right, so this is going to be chapter. This is going to be number twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, uh, let's let's look at Matthew chapter four and look at verse number nine. Matthew four nine, the Bible says, "And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and what worship me." Now you got to remember, here Satan is tempting the Lord. And what was he desiring? He wanted worship. If he is going to try to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ, who he knows is God, to worship him, how much more is he going to try to get and succeed in getting others to worship him? We've got, to, we've got to make sure that we are guarding our worship. You know, if we're not careful, we can like all the trappings in church more than the worship. You know, music is part of our worship. But many worship the music. The community, the, the culture of the church. That's wonderful. Church family. But many come not because of the worship. They come because of what they get from community. We've got to be careful. We've got to make sure that we are guarding our heart, recognizing why am I here? Uh, I hope we're all here to worship the Lord. 
I, I hope we're here so we can be edified, so we can build up, so we can build others up. Why? So we, we can truly understand how we are to worship God, how we are to serve him. We worship him uh, in our prayers. We worship him in our service. We worship him in our giving. We worship him lifting up praise to him in song. Uh, there are many ways that we can worship, but we got to make sure that, that our worship is central because I'll tell you, Satan, uh, he is central on worship as well. It's not just fun that he is seeking. He is seeking worship. He is doing everything he can to get people's attention. Why? So they will worship him. And so uh, we see this worship. Uh, I want you to see verse number five, Revelation uh, again, 13. Look at verse five. And uh, verse, yes, Revelation 13, 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. You know, there is an attack from the evil one. There's an attack. There is war that's going on. But I want you to see here, verse 6, uh, verse 5, there was given unto him a what? Mouth. Speaking. Verse number 6, and he opened his mouth. You know, there is power in words. Do you remember the little saying when you're a kid? Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is so untrue. How many of you have ever been hurt by words? There's power in word. And let me tell you something. There's power in the word. There is power in the word. And there, here we see the power of words. Satan is using words to attack God. His attack on God is attack on people here. He opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, the house of God, the dwelling place of God, heaven, uh, all them that dwell in heaven. You know, the devil, the devil isn't, he, he's not done attacking just because we're gone. He's going to do whatever he can to attack God. And, and see this attack of words. Uh, the words of Satan, they will not hurt God. But the words of Satan, the words that are used to injure God's people, they can do great damage. It is, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. You know, as believers, we need to make sure we're not using the devil's tactics. He said, well, I am saved. I couldn't be used by the devil. You could not be possessed by the devil, but you could be used by the devil. I could be used by the devil. If we are not if we are not following God's ways, 
We could be a tool that he uses. You know, the devil can use good people to destroy. It's hurtful. The, the statistics, and I'll probably get into this on Sunday, but statistics pre-COVID, 300 churches a month were closing in the United States. And 75 a week. In 2021, they ran the numbers again, 93.75 churches a week closed in the U.S. Unreal. And some of that is because of division. You know, we've, got to, we've, we've just got to recognize the devil is in the attack mode. He is in the destruct mode. And we don't want to allow uh, him to use us. What did he use? He used words. He used words. You know, not saying that I could not fall, but the chances of me going out and getting drunk tonight are about zero. But I could get hurt. I could respond wrong. And I could be divisive. And I could become a tool of the devil to hurt somebody. And that could happen to you too. Chances of maybe us being on skid row or us being under a bridge as addicts, that might not be the case. But the devil might use words. We can't, we can't lose sight of his tactics. Men? So here, you see the war. Verse number seven, it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Uh, we are in his targets. God's people are in, in Satan's targets. Granted, this is in tribulation period, but he is still attacking uh, even now. So we are in his targets. We are in his sights even now. Satan isn't waiting till the tribulation period to attack God's people. He's, he's walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so here then we see a warning about this beast. Look at verse number uh, nine. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. What do, we, what do we find here? Now there's this warning that is set aside. If any man have ears, ear to hear, just like the, uh, the churches in, uh, in uh, uh, Asia Minor, uh, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He's saying, listen, pay attention. Pay attention to what is being taught, what is being said. Uh, take heed of this warning. If you have an ear to hear, uh, what is he saying? Uh, there's a principle that we need to be aware of. It's called a principle of sowing and reaping. The principle of sowing and reaping. Let's look at it. He said, he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. Sowing and reaping. 
You're going to lead somebody into captivity, you're going to go into captivity. You dig a pit, you're going to fall in. All right? So uh, he said, he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Sowing and reaping. And so here the Lord is just saying, listen, pay attention uh, to these principles. Pay attention to the the attack. Uh, God is telling us to listen. Why is he telling us to listen? Because we can see the 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 devices of the evil one. We can see what's going to take place in the future. So that should cause us to step back and take some instruction so we don't fall into the same traps that later are going to come to pass. And my brother, uh, he's 18 months older than I am. And uh, so uh, as teenagers, uh, you know, we weren't saved. Uh, and so I always have to preface it that, with that. Uh, and we didn't grow up in a, a Christian home, uh, but there was, there, was, there was good structure. And so uh, my brother, though, uh, he would backtalk my mom. And I never, no, I can't say that. Uh, but uh, he would back talk. And my brother was big uh, and still is, but he was way bigger than my mom. And he would back talk. And she would, you back talk, mom, you were getting front hand, back hand, front hand, back hand. And it's just sort of depended how many times you got slapped by how, how disrespectful you were. And I remember one time my mom went to slap my brother and he reached up and grabbed her wrist. (laughs) And he thought, I got it. This is never happening again. (laughs) And mom said, okay. He dropped dropped his hands, walked away. He came back through the the hallway and mom was waiting right around the corner. (laughs) And Bow, bow, she let him have it. Don't you ever hit me. Try to hit me. (laughs) And I sat back, and from this I took instruction. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Don't go there, there and do thou likewise, all right? It was one of those things where I stopped and looked at it and said, man, this is not good. This is not what I want to experience in my life. And so it curbed how I acted. He that hath an ear, listen to what is going on. Listen to the devices of the evil one. We might not, get, we might not, uh, we might not uh, be in the middle of that because uh, God is gracious and he's not appointed us under the wrath. But at the same time, we can still learn from this whole situation. And you and I, we, as we open up the word of God, we've got to say, God, what do you have for me now? What can I take away from this? What instruction can I glean? We read the book of Proverbs, and a proverb a day will help us so much. Uh, what is that? It's wisdom, and that wisdom is there. It's not that we are dealing with all of these things all the time, but that wisdom is building up. It is information that is stored away so we know how we should act when an issue arises in our life. And so here we see these two beasts. Uh, next week, we will look at the second beast, but the first First beast being uh, the Antichrist, and his desire is for worship. And we've got to make sure that we aren't giving worship to anybody 
but God. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your word. I pray that you'd help all of us. Lord, I don't know the needs of each person here, but I do know that uh, you want us to worship you. And I pray that our minds, our hearts, Lord, would, would have that desire. I pray, Lord, if there's anything that has uh, snuck in, anything that has come between us, I pray that we would recognize that and remove it uh, so there's nothing between our soul and the Savior. And so I pray that you just speak to hearts. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here and you say, Pastor, Lord put his finger on something in my life. Nobody's looking around. You say, Pastor, just the Lord's put his finger on something in my life. There's something I'm going to do business with God about. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. The greatest decision anybody could ever make is to put their faith in him. And if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, let me encourage you. Trust him today. We're going to have just a short invitation. Let's stand together. The instruments are going to play. If the Lord put his finger on something in your life, you want to come to the altar and pray, uh, you're welcome to do so. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, let me encourage you to come. Brother Frank will be down front. And uh, uh, we'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God had to say about you going to heaven. Worship belongs to him. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.